This is a Pound the Rock podcast show. While the Uncle Nearest team is in quarantine, we have been producing regular broadcasts on our Instagram, on our Facebook, and in live Zoom webinars. We have decided to take those shows and bring them here to you on the podcast channel. We hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome to Happy Hour Live with Uncle Nearest. I'm Sailor, and I'm here with some of my whiskey family and the whiskey maven, How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, doing welcome. good? Why don't we doing go good? around the room and uh, you can say what, who you are and where you are. Well, anyway, I'm Jay. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Good to be with you all tonight. Hope everybody's nice safe and healthy. Nice yes, to indeedy. see you, Jay. Hi, Jay. But, hello, Jay. Um, I'm Matt. I'm from uh, the UK. Um, I'm the brand ambassador for Uncle Nose in the UK, and I'm in my living room, and uh, yeah, in London. Woo woo, London town. <laughs> and our special, awesome. special so, guest. Guys, I'm having a little bit of lag. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see your your lagging. Yeah, a bit. I'm so sorry. So just bear with us while we try to fix it. But as Sailor was saying, we have a very special guest with us, uh, Rachel McAllisang. Rachel is a WSET Advanced Certified Sommelier. She is a French wine specialist, a Spanish wine educator, and a sake professional. So needless to say, this woman has an incredible palate. Rachel, welcome to VIP Happy Hour. Thank you so much, May, and thank you for to everyone for having me today. I'm so I'm in my living room as well uh, here in Los Angeles. So <laughs> thanks again for having me. We're so happy to I have you. It. This is going to yeah, be really, so really fun. Happy. Really looking forward to it. So, so I may I, I just real quick bef of, before um, we get started. I'm going to go ahead and post the tasting chart that you asked me to for everyone in the room um, as a helpful guide uh, to follow along tonight and the um, um, WSET tasting grid as well. So I'm posting that for all of our attendees at the moment before we get uh, started. Awesome. So Thank what we're going to do today is we thought it'd be really fun uh, to do a first impression tasting with Rachel. Uh, Rachel has not had the chance to experience Uncle Nearest 1884 or 1856 before, and we thought it'd be really great to do a whiskey tasting from a sound's perspective. Um, so for those of you who are following along with us at home, this is a great time to go grab your bottles of Uncle Nearest, a tasting glass, and you can also refer to the tasting guides that Sailor just posted for us. So with that being said, are we, well, are we like ready to crack open some bottles? I think so. What do you guys I think? think? So. I think so. I'm <laughs> always ready to crack open bottles. Only in for there. It's Friday night. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. So Rachel's going to start with Uncle Nearest 1884 because, of course, we start with a lower proof when we taste and then we proof up. Um, for those of you um, who are following us at home, 1884 is our small batch release. It's a blend of 
30 whiskeys, with the youngest whiskey being seven years old. Uh, what's really special about this expression is it's curated by Nurse's great great granddaughter, Victoria B. Butler. Her signature is embossed on the back of the bottle, and her she curates a blend from barrels that are hand selected by our co owners, Fawn and Keith Weaver. So, Rachel is going to pour some 1884. So, Rachel, I'll let you take it from here. Great. So what a beautiful color. I Are we supposed to go through our tasting grid or? <laughs> you know what? I think, I think yeah. you're actually a living tasting grid. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> I think you can well, wing it. I think this woman absolutely got Well, how fun. So the whiskey is clear. Obviously, it's not hazy but it seems to be a bit, um, I would say lemon gold in color. Uh, intensity is, I would say medium or medium minus. Uh, on the nose, it's clean. Uh, I feel that it's maybe, intensity is probably like medium, medium to pronounced, uh, beautiful aromas of, uh, Sorry, I'm just looking at the tasting grid. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, so actually, Rich, I think this is a great time to talk about how important it is to nose spirits and also wine, right? So it's like, first, what we do is we look at color, right? Because color gives us a lot of information. And Absolutely. for whiskey, color tends to indicate um, complexity and also age, right? So for us, you know, for 1884, you know, it's, it's definitely a more light amber color. Mm -hmm. um, and when we nose whiskey, because whiskey tends to be a much higher proof than wine, um, depending on how high the proof is of the whiskey, um, you know, we'll bring it up to our nose and pull it back gently. We don't necessarily put our nose in the glass um, necessarily. And then sometimes one nostril, of course, could be stronger. So sometimes I'll roll it, you know, in between. And when we taste whiskey, we tend to breathe um, also keep our mouth parted and um, inhale and breathe out through our nose and mouth so that we can bypass our sinuses. Um, what is the standard ABV for wine, Rachel? So the standard ABV is anywhere from about 10% to 15%. Right, right, absolutely. And you know, what we're tasting here is, you know, a, a 93 proof, so that's a whole other level right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so curious, what are you getting on the nose, Rachel? You know, I'm getting some beautiful aromas of sort of a, like a, a peach, um, maybe like a, a golden apple. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of mall citrus there's spices like cinnamon and clove um maybe nutmeg let, let me say real fast the fact that you said peach i gotta give a shout out because i'm in atlanta so good job on that <laughs> Wait, just, just a here. all my at aliens checking us out thank you <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, for me, this is a big, like, summer fruit, stone fruit. I get all that stuff in there. Um, apricot. A, I think I, me, I get apricot more than peach, but 
very Rachel, similar. Rachel, how, how um, in, um, in your training, how long would you spend nosing a, um, a wine or a, or a spirit or anything before you actually tasted it? Um, so what we try to do is we try to take three inhales. Um, but then after that, you sort of have to just go for it. So um, it's literally like a 10 second process. And then you're analyzing the wine. So it's, it's nothing that, you know, I, I think if, if it's not a testing situation, uh, obviously you, we can spend days or evenings uh, enjoying a glass of whiskey or enjoying a, a bottle of wine. But for our purposes, when we're testing, um, it's really kind of like rapid fire. So every wine, we're, we're having to analyze it in four minutes or less. So the nose, you know, we're trying to... Um, quantify the nose in less than a minute then onto the palate a minute and then you know judging amazing the, yeah our initial final conclusions that's brilliant i mean the, the quicker i can get to drinking the better so like. exactly it is happy hour isn't it <laughs> that's exactly yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> amazing so mm. what do we need to so um when you taste, um, do you go through like, you know, top notes? I always say like top notes, mid palate, finish. Do you do it that way as well? Like, kind of chop it up into segments of how you're experiencing it. Yeah. So I love that you brought that up, Sailor, because I do the same. So when I smell a glass, I sometimes smell at the top, then at the bottom, then at the mid. Um, but then when I'm going through my own uh, tasting grid, I have a little acronym um, called FUSE. One of my uh, mentors taught to me, so F-E-W-S. So don't get confused, but FUSE stands for fruit, earth, wood, and then spices. So it's something oh, that's a very like that. yes, easy acronym to have in your brain when you're assessing wine. And obviously, spirits is much different. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, F can also stand for flowers. So mm -hmm. oftentimes we're, we're smelling or detecting floral uh, in both, you know, wines and spirits. So it's, it's something that you can use as well. Is that, that. is that the sort of order you pick them up um, with your nose? Do you usually pick up the florals first and then? Well, yeah. You know, I, I think it's sort of a sensory overload for all of us. So just right. to have that organized in my brain so that, you know, we can quickly say, okay, what are the fruits? What are the earth components? What are the wood components, if any? What are the spice components, if any? So it's just a way, a very easy way to organize, you know, when you're, having, or when you're under the gun and having to assess a wine so quickly. How do you guys do it? You have to show Rachel. me. Oh God! Um, <laughs> like, it's uh, for me. It's um, I, I sort of do it. I sort of do it the same way that um, Sailor did. I, 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 I like smelling the spirit, and I'll sit there and warm it, and mm -hmm. I'll go through um, uh, what I can pick up, sort of readying my palate, and then I'll wet my lips, and then and then drink it. But I've. I've only just started down my sort of the WSC, uh, sorry, the WSCT sort of path. And yes. so having a formal guide and trying to remember and remind myself that 
the more you can standardize it, the better, because you yes. can relay yes. that information to other people. Yes. It's difficult for me because I'm very, very much used to it being a very social thing and getting yeah. in there as quickly as you can and then discussing it rather than sitting with it yourself and, and moving on from there. Yeah, I learned a couple different ways of tasting. I uh, did some sommelier training in France in the 90s and then <laughs> realized it was not <laughs> where I wanted to go. It was a little, got a little too intense. Um, but for spirits, I feel like I do something totally different. Um, what I, I don't know. Maybe it's what I'm looking for. Maybe it's because there's more similarities in in whiskey than there is in your wine varietals so i feel like you've got to get deeper into there and it, it's more intricate maybe yes. you know so i do too i i just spend a lot of time nosing spirits because i feel like that's so there's so much information in the nose and i really take and i was taught by some some of the greats in whiskey that you smile when you nose and you are venting, but it's nice to smile because it's happy too. And to dig your nose in there and breathe down. I thought we were smiling that? when we nose because that's when people take photos of you. Of, well, that too, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. But then I also organize it like, okay, what's, what's coating my tongue? And then, you know, what's the finish? And then the Kentucky smack, which now we call it the Tennessee smack when you're breaking open those little, um, your little oil beads of flavor, what are you getting there? And then like the warmth level, which is different than wine. I feel like we had to have to make this up in, in whiskey because it's not, you know, it's not as laid out as right. it is for wine. You know, I think this is going to be very interesting from the standpoint of us talking about this, you know, it like, like you see like a workout video, you got high intensity, you got medium and you got low. So I'm going to come here and just keep the common denominator and just be chill as around the low part. Because when I, taste, when I taste whiskey, I either like it or I don't like it. I either like, you know, with, with the heat or I taste the sweetness or it being a little bit more, um, more uh, you know, more, more dry or more hot in regards to the barrel, stuff like that. So I, I, I try to taste and see if I can taste some things like that. But my palate, I don't think is that, is that sophisticated? But um, but I've been drinking bourbon all my dag on life. Uh, so you know, grew up drinking Kentucky bourbon, and, and now and now I'm a Tennessee whiskey drinking guy, and not just because I work with Uncle Nearest, but because it's some really really good whiskey. So um, I'm gonna try my best to stay up with you all when you are you know talking all the good stuff. But for everyone else out there watching, you know, I'm, I'm probably part of the 50 percent is like what in the world? But I've heard this. <laughs> We've been in the industry for like over 15 years, so I mean, I, I know all the good stuff, um, and so, but I, but I really enjoyed just sitting here talking and listening to you all, you know, kind of explain it a little bit more and give me some tasting notes because I'm learning too. So this is extremely helpful for me. But I mean, I'm just gonna hear family relief. So, <laughs> I always feel so like Rachel, I'm as well. Rachel, let me ask. Sorry, can you guys hear me? We can yes. now. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry guys if I'm interrupting. It's just because like, no. I have a lag. Yeah, you've got it's not because okay. I'm a rude it's not because I'm a rude New Yorker that's like only <laughs> on the weekends. So it's not <laughs> that right now. So Rachel, you know, for for our viewers who are watching, like what advice do you have for people to um, develop their palate and have more senses of reference in terms of like smell and taste? For me, I think it's it's practice. Um, what I love to do is 
I love our local farmers market or even you know when you're in the market whether you're just grocery grocery shopping it's really easy to pick up a grapefruit and smell it and say okay these are the aromas that, that grapefruit smell like so that you can very easily catalog that in your brain and I think you know even as children we naturally have uh, bookmarked these experiences so things like bubble gum you know um, when I uh, chew bubble gum, it reminds me of a wine called Albarino. And, um, or if, I, if I'm in the ocean, swimming in the ocean, and I get hit by a wave, uh, it actually reminds me of um, the saltiness of a Chablis. So it's just really uh, integrating all of your experiences. And it, you know, what I love about our industry is that you know, it, we're very much uh, in tune with our senses, whether it's sight or smell or taste. Um, I think everyone in our industry is very connected to that part of ourselves. Um, would you agree? A hundred percent. Totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. And, and, and especially in, uh, um, in the industry we're in as well, um, uh, with cocktails and things like that, you're also drinking with your eyes first. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Like outrageous garnishes. <laughs> Fancy glassware. No, you've gotta love a glass. Setting your setting things setting on fire. Drink. Fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> May. yes. Fire. 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 Good. <laughs> you, you know the best the best the best is when I would try to bartend and of course I like I have long hair. And it was like, I would just hope that I wouldn't set my, my whole hair on fire and like go up in flames in wow. the bar. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do that anymore. Or eyebrows. <laughs> or it's, eyebrows. <laughs> it's really interesting that you're talking about um, uh, going to farmer's markets and picking up fruits and stuff like that. Because I thought what you were going to say was you sit at home and you, you intensely study. But it's, it's a lot more fun and free that you're just just trying to experience as many different fruits and um, different smells and tastes as you possibly possibly can yes I you know I think I think it's within all of us so I I don't really think that uh, you know it's something that is innate in somebody to have a, an extra sense of smell or whatever it is I think it's innate, innate in all of us and I think we've developed these tastes and these smells even from you know, a young age. So it's just about, you know, having that vocabulary to go back to um, and just, you know, reliving that side of ourselves. Mm. I think it's great that you bring it up because it's encouraging us to savor, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the next time you have, uh, you know, a kiwi, right? Like actually get a sense of like looking at the color, smelling it, seeing how it feels you know, in your mouth, like all of the flavors that you can get from it. Because I think for a lot of us, you know, it's like, we're not very mindful, you know, when we are eating. And I think it's, it's a great way of just saying that we all have this ability because it's just our senses. It's just whether or not we're taking the time to pay attention and to be able to, you know, commit it to a memory and have a reference point for us to be able to draw from, you know, while we're doing tastings now. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. For sure. So before we move on and move move forward, uh, let's because we have two really great questions from our guests, and so I want to end um, with those answering those questions. But it's something that we can all think about now. So Candace says, similar to wine, are there foods that you would recommend to pair with 
this whiskey or even cigars? And of course the answer is absolutely yes. So we can, um, I would love to hear your thoughts, Rachel, what would come to mind right away. And then um, also we can end with TJ's asking if we're looking for a good wine from Trader Joe's or Total Wine or whatever while we're in quarantine, do you have any recommendations of wine that might be accessible anywhere in the country that's, you know, priced well because maybe we're not getting, you know, an income or all of our income right now, but we want to have a nice wine, I think would be really helpful recommendation also. Amazing. Yeah. Something really, really nice and versatile as well would be great because, um, yeah, I'll stock up on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, ha so having had the 1884, just off the top of your head, Rachel, what would you say, you know, here would be my recommendation for a food pairing. You know, honestly, this really reminds me of the summertime. So I could imagine a beautiful salad with apricots and peaches, maybe some, you know, other berries throw, thrown in. But I just feel that it's so beautifully light and elegant that it can actually go with a salad or, or even a, a, a light cheese. I think that those are great possibilities. What do you classically pair with this? I think um, um, I would go ahead. Go ahead, me. So, so sorry, guys, of my life. No, I actually love this with creme brulee. So if I'm if I'm having dessert and having a creme brulee, like I would love to have a dram of 1884 to complement it. Uh, and I was going to mention too. Um, I had a really good friend of mine at, um, at a restaurant. Um, at uh, my my chef over there, uh, Cedric. He did a he did a um, poached pears, I mean poached peaches with Uncle mm. Nears 1884 and did a uh, peach cobbler uh, with, with a whiskey ice cream. It was banana. Oh, I yeah. mean, not to put all too many fruits in there, yes. but it was it was really, really good and really delicious. And I mean, it's it sold like hotcakes. And so uh, a really, really good peach cobbler, uh, I'm thinking Yum. this would be like killer with it for sure. I know I'm plugging a whole lot of stuff with peaches with ATL. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> well, it's about to be peach season soon, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, too. So this is, this is good to remember this with, with some great cocktails going into quarantine and, and all this good stuff and going to spring and summer. So yes. definitely pull out the 1884 and get that going. Well, you can definitely see how uh, our entire team's got a sweet tooth. Rachel recommends a salad <laughs> and we're on creme brulee. <laughs> I was going to go the fish route, so I am not with you guys. on. I do not have a sweet tooth. But I, I'm so glad, Rachel, that you said that because I feel like this is such a delicate whiskey. So I feel like, oh, maybe I do know something. That's good. That makes me... <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> but I think this is very, very feminine and delicate and so nuanced and bright. So a same salad, a white fish would be really nice. And it does, I put together a cheese board for whiskey dinner and it goes, oh, so beautiful with like nice, delicate cheeses. Um, you don't want anything sharp to take it over, but that's exactly what I would do with it. So <laughs> it's Rachel, good to hear from an expert. Care? Rachel, would you do a Manchego? Yes, I absolutely. Manchego, Riyad Sabin, I am there. Take me there. Rachel, I'm curious to find out, too, what you think. I know we're talking about pairing with food, but I'm curious to find out, like, really what you thought about the 1884 itself. Like, are you really a big serious person and do you drink whiskey like that? 
And what's your what's your really opinion on on the eighteen eighty four? How you talk? How you feel about it? You know, I, you know, I've been in suspense this whole time, just staring at these beautiful bottles, <laughs> not able to open them. And now that I've torture, it's it, you know, I'm so impressed. It's so beautiful, and it's just so it it's light, and I I feel like it's something that I can drink. I would love to drink, you know, on a regular basis. So it's it, what a beautiful expression of 1884. Well, you happen to be friends with Uncle Nero's brand ambassador, <laughs> so I think I think you're in good shape. <laughs> you heard it here, um, folks. Drink yeah. it all the time, <laughs> every day, Absolutely. on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rachel, I'm so I'm so excited to actually have you crack open 1856. Sure. So 1856 for our viewers at home who are following along with us, this is our award-winning 100 proof whiskey. It is a blend of 8 to 14 year old whiskey. Um, all of our whiskeys actually, uh, their expressions are named after historically significant years uh, in Nearest's story. So 1856 is the year that we believe that Nearest perfected the process of mellowing distilled whiskey over sugar maple charcoal, also known as Lincoln County. And 1884 is the year that we believe is the last year that Nearest was um, making whiskey and putting it in his onion barrels. So this is 1856, guys. I'm definitely, definitely going to have to insist we go back to that wine question after this. <laughs> we will. We definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Neal is determined. He needs his isolation chamber. Well, <laughs> well I've got the spirits. So I just need the wine. Wants to impress <laughs> the ladies with his wine knowledge. <laughs> That's exactly what it's about. I know. I'm no dummy. <laughs> I can't have a name like Posh Matt and not be breaking out the wine. Yes, where's your ascot as well? Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> are, you making, are you making Posh Matt like oh. shoot out high proof whiskey through his nose? Yes. Oh, jeez. That's... that's here to not help. A nice thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Posh Matt is really nosing the whiskey now. He's really nosing oh. it. <laughs> Oh, 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 that's cleared my senses. That's oh. <laughs> okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna focus now. Rachel, what are you getting for the color for eighteen fifty six? Okay, so the color is really quite similar, um, but it's it, it's definitely darker, deeper, um, but still clear, no haze there. I would say it's uh, medium plus in intensity. The color is more of a more towards gold amber, and um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's it sparkles like gold. <laughs> Turn water into gold, baby. It looks That's like it. honey. It looks like liquid honey. It does. Yes. Right? Yeah, I love the color on this one. Mm -hmm. Get most comments on the colors yes. in this one at whiskey yeah. shows. Yeah, same. That's so funny. Do you guys, are you guys That's familiar with like to my wife? Looks like honey. 
Try to get get in the brownie points when I can. Bring me the romance, Anytime. gentlemen. His Bring wife, his wife, and I are. We were separated <laughs> at birth, I think. <laughs> oh Lord, yes. Yeah. Yes, we oh, were. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's my go-to right there. 1856, I love you. So this is such a difference in, um, this is a, such a difference in proof level. And so this is my biggest question for you, Rachel. I am a super nerd about the glassware that I use. Like I have a larger stemmed tulip and I still, I don't love this. I, I like it in a wide open glass. I was trying it tonight. I don't love, I, I have to have it wider, but I also, when I am 95 and up, I have to add water to it for the initial taste because I feel like I need to get that ethanol out and I need to break open the oil beads so that I can get at that flavor until I get used to it. And then I feel like I don't need it. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I follow uh, the lead of, you know, the winemaker, the distiller, because I, I know that everyone has their intricacies. So some people like to add water, some people don't like to add water. So I just follow the lead. And if you recommend we add water, then I will. There, you, do you know there's a whole thing about... Um, how do I say this nicely about drinking whiskey neat or not drinking whiskey neat that it's kind of like measuring your private parts for some people, oh, which is just, <laughs> but then I see them. <laughs> see, I'm going to get into this because this, I have a bee in my bonnet about this. Then I see them like eating like a burrito and like smoking a cigar. And I'm like, well, no wonder idiot. You can't taste anything. So, you know, of course you're drinking a 120 proof whiskey neat and you're like, ah, you know, you're a P word. If you don't drink it neat, you're a sissy. If you add ice to it or water to oh it, I'm like, God. shut up. You can't taste anything. That's my, that's my rant, rant over. <laughs> I don't give a crap. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink 1856 on the rocks all day. That's that's uh that's what I love. I mean, me being a bartender, uh, I'm gonna put in some cocktails and make it real real sexy. But um, if I'm just really sipping it by myself, I'm gonna have it on the rocks. That's that's how I roll with 1856. Personally speaking, uh, with wine, is there is there the same sort of um, uh, discussion about like temperature or? Um... Uh, I'm, I certainly know there is glassware. There's a huge array of wine out there, uh, but um, it, it, do, do people still have those same sort of discussions? Absolutely, it's the same. I think you know glassware temperature. I think we're all very particular about which stems we're using for which wines, and then if it's the proper temperature. Sometimes it's you know if a red wine is too warm, it it's not actually showing properly, or if a white wine is too cold, it's very closed. So those are all great points uh, for service. Hmm. So with this one, um, do you, and this is the question I get asked all the time if I'm out in the market, people ask me, well, what's the difference between the two? Are they similar? Are, you know, are they completely different? What are your thoughts if you put them side by side now that you've tasted them both? 
Well, just right off the bat, I think that um, the, I think they're both quite delicious. Uh, the 1884 to me is more clean, it's sort of um, more feminine. And this is uh, the 1856 seems to be, um, have more nuances, a little bit more complex and deeper. It's, it's, it's sort of like one of those wine or whiskeys that you have by the fire and you're, you know, in deep thought kind of thing. I totally get that. <laughs> um, I always say, for so me, Rachel and I were. Go ahead, May. Sorry. So Rachel and I were having a fun conversation beforehand, and I wanted to actually kind of open up the conversation. So I asked Rachel, I said, Rachel, because she's a global wine specialist, I was like, if you could personify Spanish wine, Italian wine, uh, French wine and sake as a person, who would they be? So I would like to ask Rachel that, and then also ask Rachel if 1884 could be a person and 1856 was also a human being, who would they be for you? Oh, well, tough questions. So for wines, I, you know, sometimes when I think about wine um, and I think about Spanish wine, for example, I think about Antonio Banderas because he has this sort of like machismo, he has a great range, um, and, but he's also balanced with sensitivity. So that reminds me of the great wines of Rioja, um, even some of the white wines uh, in Cava that, you know, there's a lot of versatility there. Um, so it's, sometimes it's fun for me to personify things. Um, for Italian wines, I think it evokes something like uh, Giovanni Versace, for example, very flashy, very overdone. Um, and then, you know, French wines for me sometimes remind me of uh, Coco Chanel because they're classic, they're elegant, um, there's an air of confidence there. So, you know, I, I think that uh, whiskeys are very similar. It's, it's very hard for me to quantify a name at the moment, but the uh, the 1856, like these both sort of remind me of, of uh, like the 1856 sort of reminds me of a man, sort of like this mountain you want to climb or, you know, a man with a deep, dark voice that's manly man. So silky and... and <laughs> Rachel, I think you're writing a dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> Like Matt, 1884, I think, is, <laughs> is definitely more sort of like James Bond, like debonair. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, it's, Ooh. it's amazing for me. Um, I sort of having all the visuals for these whiskeys, and I used to have an image in my head of like different people for different whiskeys and different, um, different things, but ever since I met our, um, uh, our uh, head of operations, Sherry Moore just can't get her face out of my mind when I'm drinking these whiskeys. They, they just so <laughs> personify her to me. Nice. I feel like our whiskeys are, so I always say, I, I agree with like the feminine, masculine, or I say like daytime, nighttime. 
Um, yeah, I good think. Morning. <laughs> Short yeah. morning. I think 1884 is the since we are a women-run company. 1884 is the heart and the soul because it's the it's the delicate it's the delicate nature of our heart and soul, the women in the company. And then 1856 is our kick-ass, badass female strength that is literally the reason we are the fastest-growing brand <laughs> right now because we are women run. And so I, that's kind of how I think about it in my head rather than a specific person. I've been kicking a lot of Sailor, ass. I, <laughs> Sailor, I love that because then it kind of reminds me of like Wonder Woman and then like yeah. Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman's daytime persona. Yes, yeah, when she was, what um, was, what was, a, what was her name? a great way of thinking of I can't it. remember. Oh no, but wasn't she like a goddess on a rainforest somewhere yeah, where men were not allowed? <laughs> well, originally, yes. But what was her name I when. Remember Linda Carter. That's yeah, remember Linda, Linda Carter, Carter, but her day Di job, Di I can't. Yeah. Diane? Oh, Diane? Yeah, her name was Diane. Was she a secretary? Something what, like that. Someone tell us. Something if, awful. If anyone's yeah, watching if anybody knows, knows this, somebody Google it. I can't remember what. Like the, Linda Carter's Clark Kent. What was her, like, Clark Kent? On it. That's that's a good one. I like that. Um, uh, do, do, do you find that wines have a uh, masculine and uh, sort of um, separated into the masculine and the feminine and uh, stuff like that? I do, uh, but sometimes I don't like to use the words masculine or feminine. Sometimes yeah. because uh, I don't really want to pigeonhole it as being, you know, or even ourselves as being certain characteristics, right? So yes, I, I think that certain wines definitely are softer, especially when we're talking about wines from old world versus wines in the new world. I, in general, um, old world wines tend to have that softness, lower alcohol, whereas new world wines, because they're in climates that are riper with more sunlight, they tend to be sort of bigger, more opulent. Mm -hmm. I have a sake question as well. Like, um, well, we'll go back to the the um, uh, isolation wine, but I'd also love love to uh, know one isolation sake I should buy. You know, if we, if if you are in isolation, I would just look for a Daiginjo sake. Uh, those are the ones that are most highly polished. And they're, for me, they're, a lot of them are so ethereal. And so if you're in isolation, I think that's a great, great uh, style to find Daiginjo. Daiginjo and highly polished. I'll remember that. It yes. also, you can make beautiful cocktails with sake and whiskey. It is probably my favorite type of cocktails to make because it's so, <laughs> like, you know, out of what people would Ooh. expect. And so I've done a range of them in the past and I love doing sake and whiskey cocktails. So um, that leads me to two questions. Uh, we're gonna start wrapping it up a little bit. First of all, thank you, Patty Lee. She answered our question. According to Wikipedia, her name is Diana Prince. Um, the fictional career of Di Diana Prince evolved over the years from original army nurse to becoming a military intelligence officer promoted to higher ranks than later a civilian employee, businesswoman, astronaut, or staff member of the United <laughs> Nations. Well, okay. Go ahead, women. So, okay, there's that. Hell yeah. Okay, so the two, we're going to end on two last questions. And um, 
So one of them is a wine question, one is a cocktail question. Um, so for the cocktail question, we're gonna have Jay end with um, a really good, easy to make at home recommendation uh, for a quarantine cocktail. And um, then we will post on social media some more recipes and we'll do some sake recipes. But um, Rachel, if you would give us the recommendations for um, maybe easy, easily to access fine wines that are priced well, that are kind of like standard that you think most people would enjoy, um, for our guests tonight. Are we talking about our Trader Joe's yep. wines? Okay. So for Trader Joe's, uh, please don't judge me, but honestly, I feel like the Trader Joe's wines are fantastic. The $2, or I, I guess they're, they're $3 now, but um, they have a whole line of Trader Joe's wines. They're, I think they're called Charles Shaw. Um, but there's, there are whites, there's reds, so Pinot Grigio, they have Sauvignon Blanc, mm -hmm. Chardonnay, there's a Merlot, a Cab, and for $3, I think they're amazing value and just very accessible. So I think for an everyday drinking quarantine wines, you know, you cannot go wrong with Trader Joe's wines. Awesome. And so if you don't have a Trader Joe's and you have to go to Total Wine, something like that, one of these major um liquor stores what what do you think you most people could find on the shelf that you would recommend um you know i think uh there is so much to, to choose from at total wine my my classic go-to is champagne so um i love getting a bottle of champagne i think it's easy drinking it pairs with a wide range of foods so um, you can have it with appetizers. You can even have it with your burger if you wanted to. So I think champagne for me is an easy go-to. Nice. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. So I would be remiss to also not let our viewers know that if you're at Trader Joe's and getting a bottle of Charles Shar, you should also pick up a bottle of Uncle Nearest 1856 as well. Nice. Um, of course. Get your whiskey and wine on. Um, Thank you, job, Rachel, so much for having us. Uh, for those of you who would like to uh, keep in touch and ask Rachel some questions, uh, she's also an incredible freelance writer. She writes for the Psalm Journal. Uh, Sailor has a link to her LinkedIn and also her Instagram. Yes, which I just posted. And then let's end um, with Jay giving a cocktail recommendation. And then what we'll do is, since we got the question about cigar pairings, which is a really great, great question, we're going to start doing like little bonus segments. A lot of stuff, yes. Yeah. We've yeah. gotten a lot of questions about that. So we will do a bonus segment, um, specifically on some cigar pairings with 1884 and 1880, 1856. And we'll get some, um, expert opinions on cigars that are easy to find and well-priced. Um, and so look for that later. And then, um, yeah, Jay, if you would uh, go through a cocktail. Um, I, I know, so going on, you know, um, high intensity, medium and low, I'm gonna do three of them real fast. So high intensity, uh, for myself, um, being a, a bartender for a while, I, I love a great Boulevardier. Even though it's springtime, a lot of times it's more so of a, of a, of a fall and winter drink. I don't give a crap. I'm going to drink it all the time. So Boulevardier is pretty much um, uh, just the uh, doing, um, I went blank real fast, but, but doing uh, Campari. Sometimes I'll do an Aperol in there with me because I don't want it as bitter. Uh, I have a little bit more of a sweet tooth, but doing um, 
Aperol, sweet vermouth, and whiskey. So, of course, Uncle Nearest in there, and I'm going to put an 1856 in there, shake a few little orange bitters, and I'm good to go. And that'll be delicious on the rocks, of course. So stir that and put it on the rocks, and you're good to go. Um, in the in the middle, I will put just an old uh, – do it old-fashioned. Uh, so depending on what you have in your bar, old-fashioned, just simple and plain. Um, you're doing uh, sugar, like at, at my restaurant where we do the, we do the sugar cubes, but – you know, essentially you can do it with sugar water, which is pretty much sugar, water, and uh, and boil that down, and then you have simple syrup. And so just do a little bit, of maybe like a half ounce, depending on your sweetness pro uh, profile, you know, a half ounce to an ounce maybe, but do two ounces or two and a half ounces of whiskey. Uh, do that, and then uh, whether you want to do the uh, the modern way is with, with the orange and cherry or the old-fashioned way or the, the pre-prohibition way would be to do it with just simple syrup bitters and whiskey. Uh, so make sure you have some bitters, make sure you have some Angostura bitters is, you know, my first go-to for that. Uh, then you bring it down. Some of the traditional may, you may have in the house or not, I love a great whiskey sour. And I mean, I do it the traditional way of doing the uh, whiskey sour, doing, of course, Uncle Nearest, um, doing simple syrup, lemon juice, and then an egg white. I mean, I know people are like, holy crap, egg white. But, you know, those of us who are bartending in the game for real, egg white, it pretty much makes it like a meringue. Uh, gives it frothiness, gives it some great texture. I mean, it goes down so smooth. I, I put so many people on with doing the egg white. They freaked out at first. And once they drank it, they were like, holy crap, I'm not drinking any other type of sour any other way uh, uh, other than the traditional way. So those would be my three, Boulevardier, Old Fashioned, and a Whiskey Sour, and uh, and just go from there. I mean, you can always look online and check us out. Uh, we can put, put stuff up there, but also, too, you just go on and just Google it and find out what the recipes are and see what the heck you got in your refrigerator and go for broke. Also, guys, um, since you joined us for this, if you would like us to send you a copy of a beautiful cocktail calendar that we released this year that has a ton of recipes, and one of them is, is one of Jay's recipes, and it has the methodology and help you get a picture of it and everything, please just go ahead and um, if you would like to, you can send me an email. He's got a, that's the calendar right there. I'm sailor at unclenearest.com and just give me your address and we'll go ahead and send you a calendar and maybe some goodies in there as well so you can make cocktails at home. We also every Thursday have our cocktail club and last night, and I just posted this um, in the chat, our team did uh, the old fashioned and talked about, did a couple different ver versions of it and talked about old fashions. Um, so that's a lot of information there for you guys on cocktails. And um, please do visit um, Rachel. And she is at Wine Badass on Instagram. Good tag. And I love, I love it. Um, and I'm gonna spell her name. I'm gonna go ahead and spell her name for you um, because we do put this as audio only on a podcast, so you can find her online and LinkedIn. So she is Rachel, and then M A C A L I S A N G. And uh, I can tell you, after attempting to go through some levels of being a sommelier, it is not easy. It is very oh. difficult. So hats off to Rachel. And um, I'm so glad that you got to taste these. Uh, and it was so fun having you. What a treat. Thank you, everyone. This thing is so delicious. And I can't, uh, I can't say so many, you know, it's, these are amazing. I want to drink all of it. <laughs> well, let's Thank do you, that. <laughs> you Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And May, do we know what we're doing next Friday's happy hour? 
So I might have a little something up my sleeve uh, mm -hmm. for our viewers for next week. I think we might be uh, inviting one of my dear friends who is the head pastry of Chateau Marmont to teach us how to make Uncle Nearest maple glazed donuts. You do oh, not gosh. need a deep fryer. Nice. <laughs> okay, He's so. actually working on whoa. the recipe right now. Okay. Want to share something that's really for us to do while we're in quarantine. So I think you guys might want to uh, learn how to make some delicious Uncle Nearest glazed donuts and uh, drink some whiskey with us. So we will definitely post ahead of time what you will need for it, right? And then these videos stay on our Facebook page as well so that you can go back to it and reference it at any time. Amazing. Awesome. The Krispy Kreme crackhead, I'm, I'm very much so looking forward to that. <laughs> this is all we need in quarantine is, oh boy. <laughs> well, thanks everyone so much for being with us tonight. <laughs> And uh, we will just say cheers to whiskey and wine tonight. Cheers to whiskey and wine. Cheers. Good, there, good friends. And cheers to Rachel. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, Rachel. This is a Spirit of Rock Network show. To check out all of our shows, visit spiritofrockpods.com. That's spiritofrockpods with an S.com. Thanks for listening.